This is Journey Church Podcast. Here at Journey, we believe in encountering God and embracing people. From wherever you're listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Well, everybody, good morning. Y'all get a week off Leviticus today, so everybody should be cheering at this point. If you're new with us, I'd like to invite you back for a 17-week series. No, 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 I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Uh, I am really glad, though. Uh, I'm, you know, w- whenever you get guests come, it's awesome, and it's, and it's great, and you don't have to listen to my half-baked jokes, but um, particularly, I am always happy when we have mothers and the fathers, mothers and fathers in the faith that come and speak to us. And um, I said this the last time that often we'll have guest speakers in um, because of the content they'll bring, but mostly what we like to have is people who have something on their life. Because how many of you know it doesn't, I mean, you can find anything on ChatGPT now, right? Like knowledge is like ubiquitous, but what, is in, what, what we really need is transformation. What we need is our hearts to be transformed. And Alan Esther Derry have been really important people in, in Dave's and my life and in our family's life for decades. And mostly what they bring to us is something of the, not mostly, they do bring the Spirit of God. And that's transformed our lives. And there's something really important about being under authority of people. We, we all need that. None, none of us are above that. And so we would think of Alan Esther as um, mother, uh, mother and father in the faith, people who we would listen to and sometimes have to tell us true things and hard things because you need people in your life like that too, yes? Yes, we all need people like that. And so we're thankful for them. We're just so thankful to be able to have them here today. I want you to give them a giant Journey Church welcome this morning. Pastor Al, would you come? Thank you, Pastor Jess. Wow. You know what I'd do if I wasn't born again? I'd get born again. And then I'd get baptized, right, Rob? We just do. That's just a good thing. All the people that got baptized, if you're still in the room, wave at me a little bit. Just, are you here? <laughs> they all left. They all went to Denny's for breakfast. <laughs> That's what I would have did, too. <laughs> Ah, it's so, so good to be Before we begin, there, this is a very serious uh, situation. If we could all pray for the Vancouver Canucks right now. <laughs> I, I woke up to a text from my good friend, Kenton Reimer, and he, he's here today, Kenton and Denise. Hi, buddy, how are you? <laughs> to a very perplexing text, he said, Derry. Even goalies can score on the Canucks. <laughs> Went right to the heart. I just about called Jeff and said, I don't know if I can make it today. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. Oh, it's so good to be here. It's so good to see friends and family and people uh, getting baptized. And hey, that's me, Pastor Alan Esther. There's my wife. Uh, we just celebrated in uh, November 3rd, just a few months ago, 40 years of marriage. This is my... This is my bride, and you know how you know how I found her, Rob. We both got we got lucky, didn't we? We got blessed. I I actually was I don't know how I was young, and I prayed. I actually prayed a very simple prayer. This is a true story. I prayed a very simple prayer. I said, "Lord, hey, I remember you. <laughs> Good to see you." I prayed a very simple prayer. Lord, I'm tired of dating. I know there's a lot of people that wanted to date this. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at, 
look at this. God said, I got to make it fair for the rest of the guys. I'm going to take his hair away. And I said, Lord, I'm tired of dating. I want the next girl that comes into my life. I want her to be my wife. Within weeks, I met Esther. You know where we met? Christian roller skating. We weren't allowed to dance. Grew up in a church, not allowed to dance, not allowed to go to the movies. But for some reason, there was anointing on the roller wheels. <laughs> These are things that we just, they're so complex in the kingdom of God. We just, we just don't understand. <laughs> we just don't understand what these things are doing. Uh, worship leader's brother, you got baptized. Hey, come on down here. I just want to pray over you. Kent and Denise, come on up here. I want to pray over you just before I get going. Oh, man, so good to be in the house of God. So good to be in the house of faith. If you're here for the very first time, I got some good news. You will not have to listen to me next week. There will actually be a legit preacher preaching on Leviticus. I can't figure that one out, but I, <laughs> but yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, just give me your, yeah, just stand, stand face me. Yeah, you like the, yeah. Are you married? Should you be married? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, he's sure. Yeah, I just, I just sense like there's, there's just a, a beautiful double coming on you, just a, an anointing of double, generational. Are you the, are you the dad? Come on down here for a minute. Somebody playing late with the lights. That's okay. I like it. When he went down under the water, I felt as he come up, there's like a double blessing getting going to flow out of your family. And you're going to see evidence of it. You're going to see reward of it. You're going to see things flow gener generationally that have been held back, held up. Things maybe that you're not even aware of. But there's going to be a flow and something broke. Something shifted when he came out of the water today. And, uh, and so, yeah, is that, come, you come on up here too, yeah, because it's about your family, yeah. I was like, yeah. How'd you learn to play guitar like that? Did you take lessons from me? Oh, from him, all right. So you, lear you learned the right thing to do, yeah. <laughs> so good that you don't sing in our sharp too. I love that about you. Generational blessing. Yeah, just, put, just kind of put your arms around your dad, just because just, just, there's something happening here. This is not where I'm not trying to fill some time in us. And uh, in, my ser in my sermon, uh, I'm just trying to just flow in the Holy Spirit here today. But there's going to be a flow of double. Get ready to see it. Get ready to experience it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to strive for it. You just need to receive it. So thank you, Father, for that. And, and you'll know it, it began today, whatever today is, Sunday, what, February something, at whatever, 11 o'clock or whatever it is, that's when it changed. That's when it changed. So I thank you, for Father, Father, for that. And we just release that, that move now, that motion. I declare motion in double right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. God bless you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. All right. Come on up here, Captain and Denise, right here. Good to see this beautiful couple. They turned the lights out for us. I do look better in the dark, don't I? <laughs> yeah, I, hey, don't, uh, listen, I used to be a model, an elbow model. They, they could do my elbows, so that's why I wear a jacket. I don't want to make people feel bad with their ugly elbows. Mine are just gorgeous. <laughs> there, 
It takes courage to dream, but it takes courage <clears throat> to dream again. And I believe there's a new flow of courage coming in you too to dream again, to pick up the mantle, <clears throat> to put on the cloak, to put on even the ephod. Remember David put on the ephod? He put on that cloak to, to what? He inquired of the Lord, and he put it on to hear, hear God's voice. And God said, you're going to, God said to him, you're going to recover everything that's been lost, everything that's been stolen. And so I just declare over to you today this fresh, new, powerful courage to not dream, but to dream again. To experience the fullness of the dreams and experience the fullness of the desires and experience the fullness of the promises, the rhema word that's been spoken into and over both of your lives. And I just declare acceleration over that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And matter, yeah, either. And a matter of fact, it just uh, uh, as as there was something going on in the service. I don't know what it was, but um, uh, I'm not a doctor. I know that's hard for you to understand, but uh, not even close. I'm still trying to get grade six get through grade six. <clears throat> but uh, what I what I sensed here prophetically this morning is that like uh, you know again, and there's doctors here like a fever is a sign that something's wrong, right? It's kind of in a layman's terms, there's something wrong. Your body has a fever, it's fighting, it's doing something. What I felt, Dave and Jess, over the people here today, that the, that the fever broke. There was a breaking today of the fever. And, I, and what I feel like, what's going to flow from that, there's going to be a brand new level of health, a brand new level of miracles, a, bra a brand new level of heart's desires coming to pass. Are you ready for that? Come on, would you just lift up your hands just right where you are and just, just begin to receive that? Yeah, just go ahead. Just take 30 seconds. Father, I just unlock that right now in Jesus' name. I release the power of that for the people of God. I declare in Jesus' name that the fever in the spirit realm <clears throat> has broken over this church. It's broken over the finances of this church. It's broken over the leadership. It's broken over the past of this church. I declare in Jesus' name that things are going to begin to flow much more easily in Jesus' name, much more simple in Jesus' name. Much greater levels are going to flow in Jesus' name. Thank you for that, Father. And we declare it for the people of God. We declare it for every situation that's represented here. I declare for those that are actually sick in their body. I command the fever to break now in Jesus' name. And I command healing to flow in blood, in bones, in skin, in organs. I declare that today is your day for a supernatural miracle. I declare minds that are in confusion, that have been struggling, 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 and you've got used to living in struggle. You've got used to living in chaos. I break the power of that this morning in Jesus' name, and I declare you'll think clearly. I declare you'll sleep well. I declare you'll know the mind of the Lord. I declare you will experience the fullness of the shalom of Almighty God. And we decree it and we declare it in Jesus' name, and everybody said... If you don't know this beautiful couple, they've been starting to just frequent your church a little bit. Um, just in case, they used to come to our church too. They, they take money out of the offering. Not, no, they don't. No, they don't. Yes, they do. No, they don't. First thing I'd do, if I wasn't saved, you know what I'd do, right? I'd get saved. The second thing I'd know, I'd get to know your pastors because they're awesome. And the third thing I'd do is I'd get to know this couple. These people are rock stars in the kingdom of God. They know God. They know his voice. They're intercessors. They're great business people. They're just wonderful people. You're just blessed to have them come in and sit in one of these beautiful chairs you got here. 
They are nice. Thank you, Lord. All right, you can go sit down. God, give them a hand. It's Ketan and Denise. If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn with me to Mark chapter 5. I will get there in a couple moments. I want to talk this morning about contending. Everybody say contending. I want to talk about the process of contending. I want to talk about how that works in our lives and where we could go with it and what it could, <clears throat> what it could look like. My job, my assignment here this morning is to increase your expectation that we serve an unlimited God. That we serve a big God that wants to do big things in your life, wants to do big things in your situations, wants to do big things for you. And I want to talk to you this morning about the concept of contending. Contending is, and uh, do we, we have a definition up there somewhere? Contending is this, it's a continuously releasing of our faith. Everybody say faith. Contending is continually, continuously releasing our faith towards something that we are believing for. It's pressing in until an answer comes. And so contending is this beautiful but powerful understanding in the kingdom of God that we sometimes are starting to believe for something, but we quit in the middle. We, we start to believe for something, and it doesn't turn out exactly like we wanted, exactly like we felt it should. And what's missing is not the miraculous or the almighty God showing up for us. What's missing is that possibility of us partnering with God. How many know that the promises of God are not automatic? The love of God is, but even the love of God's not automatic. You still have to receive it, right? Are you hearing me? Salvation is free, but it's only free for those that receive it. That's why if I wasn't born again, the first thing I do is get born again. Because it's a good thing to do. There's so many good things that can happen for you. But as we walk with God now, we're, we walk out this process of contending. Say it with me again. Say contending. Give me the first scripture that I had up there. I forget where we are with the next scripture. Next slide. Philippians 3.14 says this, I press. Everybody say press. I press. It means I put pressure on. I put pressure on. Sometimes what our faith can do is it can actually put pressure, pressure on circumstances. Now watch this. We don't put pressure on people. You're not looking for a promotion from your boss. You're looking for a promotion from Almighty God. Promotion doesn't come from the north, south, east, or west. It comes from on high. Can I get an amen? And so we don't use our faith as a manipulative tool in the kingdom of God. We use our faith to put pressure on circumstances. And so what we're doing is we're learning, I press, I put pressure on towards the goal. And Jude 3 says, I felt compelled to write and to urge you to contend. There it is again. Everybody say, contend. What are we doing? We're contending for the faith. We're contending in faith because we're going to step in to what God wants to do. Now, let me share this with you. Knowing the will of God is only part of the process. Knowing the will of God is only part of the process. Take me to that next slide, if you will. Oh, I forgot this one. Yeah, look at this. This was more contending. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock. Everybody say Knock. And you keep on knocking, and the door will be open. You see this concept of contending all over the Word of God. Now take me to the next, the next slide there. The will of God, Jeremiah 20, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That is the will of God. Can I get an amen? Are you understanding? That's the will of God. That's a very powerful thing. But how many know there's all kinds of people that got Jeremiah 29, 11, they got it tattooed on their chest, on their butt, on their legs, on their calves. They got the t-shirt, they got the hat. But their life doesn't look anything like that. 
It's the will of God, but the will of God's not enough. We got to step into, give me, give me the next slide. The will of God is, not, is only part of it. We need to know not just the will of God, we need to know the ways of God. You can know the will of God and never experience it. You can know the will of God and never step into it. And so we've got to partner with God, and part of that partnering is this contending. We need to know the ways of God. Proverbs 3, 6 says this, In everything you do, put God what? Put Him first, and He will direct you and, and crown your efforts with success. That's the, the ways of God. That's the, the, the plan as it gets walked out. So we can know Jeremiah 29, 11, but God wants us to experience Jeremiah 29, 11. And so we got to step into that wonderful place of contending and say, man, how do I experience the Jeremiah 29, 11, not just in concept, not just in a tattoo, not just in a t-shirt, not, not just in a slide presentation, not in a nice little sermon this morning, but I actually experience it. Well, we're going to have to discover the ways of God. Are you ready to go? Come on, are you ready to go with me in this? So we're going to know, we need to know not just the will of God, we need to know the ways of God. Proverbs eleven twenty five 25 is there. It says, a generous person will what? You'll prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. What is that? That passage of scripture is both the will of God and the way of God. You see the will, what God wants to do for you, and he teaches you and he shows you how it goes. Right? You know, you're, they were talking about giving, about giving to Italy and giving to the church here. You know that in kingdom giving, it's so radically different than just people giving money away. Because in the kingdom of God, the money that leaves your hand, it never, ever leaves your life. It doesn't, it, you think it disappears and it's just gone and it's out there in the sweet by and by. That's not kingdom giving. Kingdom giving is we plant seed, it leaves my hand today, but it never leaves my life. Going to get an Amen. That's part, of the, that's part of the ways of God and the will of God. So, how do we step it up and take it to another level of contending? Well, let's look at a story here in the Bible. Mark chapter 5. Everybody say, say, I love the word. Come on, say, I love the word. Well, I've been teaching people to memorize and to meditate for many, many years now in the ministry because I know it's what changes people's lives. Uh, Mark chapter 5, uh, starting at, uh, where are we here? And there was a woman. Everybody say woman. We're going to find it a little bit. There was a little shift in Jesus' words when we get to the end of this passage here. But there was a woman there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. How many know that's not fun? This is not a fun situation. And she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus... She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. What was she doing? Say this with me. Say she was contending. Say it again. What was she doing? Yeah, she was contending. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors, uh, but when she saw, uh, heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, everybody say it again. Say contending. If I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Watch this. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, <clears throat> and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. When did it happen? It happened immediately. What was she doing? She was contending. 
How was she contending? She was pushing through the crowd. She was a woman not well for 12 years, but she said, if I just do, if I just push myself through, if, I just, if I'm just able to just get close to him and touch him, something's going to happen. Some breakthrough, some miracle, something's going to get loose for me. And she was just able to do that. And it says that immediately, everybody say immediately. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt it in her body. How many know when you get healed, there's not going to be, there's no mind games going on. Come on. There have been a lot of mind games in the body of Christ. we got people coming up and, you know, it's like, oh, what's, my elbow's not feeling very well. Okay, well, we're going to pray for your elbow. And then people say, okay, can you touch your toes? You touch your toes? Remember the, the whole healing thing? Everybody just touched their toes for something? Your elbow, your sore ear, whatever, can you just touch your toes? People can't touch their toes. Listen. <laughs> this is the weirdness we've grown up in. That's why I'm glad you got pastors that don't, don't do, go down those roads. Immediately you're bleeding. When you get healed, you're going to know. She knew. She didn't go need to get another checkup. She knew. Everybody say she knew. Immediately her bleeding stopped. She felt in her body that she was freed from her stomach. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. And he turned around to the crowd and said, who touched me? Who touched my clothes? The disciples are saying, are you kidding me, Jesus? There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people around you, touching you, trying to get to you, trying to get a word. Can I talk to you, Jesus, just for a moment? Can I just make, can I, can I take you to Swiss LA Chicken? Can I just spend some time with you? I got to talk to you about my mom, my mom-in-law. I got to talk to you about my wife. She's crazy. I got, if I can just do anything to get close to you, get, you know, get some more. And, and Jesus, but she's pressing through here, and Jesus stopped. Everybody say, Jesus stopped. Why? Because he felt something. Many people touched him and he just kept walking. It's not because he didn't care. It's because he was going somewhere. But somebody was contending. Somebody was using their faith. Somebody was saying, I need a miracle. I need a breakthrough. I'm standing in the gap today. I'm not going to tolerate this sickness anymore. I'm not going to tolerate this craziness anymore. I'm not going to tolerate this lack anymore. I'm going to press in. I'm going to press through. And something's going to happen today. Everybody say today. And not only did, was she aware of it, but Jesus was aware of it. He stops and says, somebody didn't just touch me. They touched me. Somebody didn't just try to get in my way or try to get my attention. They actually used their faith and they touched me and power left my body and something took place. Can you see now? Are you beginning to see why contending is so important? Are you beginning to see why not giving up matters? That you, if you pray once and something doesn't happen, you keep praying. You keep believing. You keep asking. You keep expecting God to do something. we got to get stronger in the body of Christ. we got to get a backbone in our faith and say, we don't care come hell or high water. We are going to believe for the greatness. We are going to believe for this church to get paid off in one check and to buy the three properties next door. We are going to believe like we've never believed before and experience the fullness of what God wants to do right here, right now. Thank you. Thank you. These poor people. Just you have to look at these people every Sunday. Oh my. <laughs> but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. Everybody say the whole truth. He said to her, look at the shift now in language. He 
it's the woman, it's the woman, and then Jesus talks and he says, daughter. Changes everything for this precious lady. Daughter, your faith, how did she get healed? Was there any anointing oil there? Was there a healing crusade there? Was the worship band singing just as I am without one plea? There's nothing wrong with any of those things. They're all good things. I'm not demeaning them. I'm just saying that sometimes when you're contending, it's not about the environment except the environment that you're in. And this lady pushed through, and she didn't just contend. She used her, everybody say it, faith. Faith. Take me to the next slide. Thank you. I need to get a next time I'm here. I've got to get a monitor up here so I can read it and stuff. How do, we, how do we contend? There's three things I want to teach you. Very, very simple. Number one, stay in faith. Say that with me. Say, stay in faith. Say it again. Stay in faith. We get saved by faith. We get baptized in water by faith. We get healed by faith. When we give, we give by faith. We eat Taco Bell by faith. You guys have Taco Bell in Calgary? We have. that. There should be healing lines outside of Taco Bell. Anyway... We do everything by, we do everything by faith. But, but, but we under, need to understand that part of contending involves faith. We live by faith, not by sight. Seeing, you know, the concept of seeing is believing, that is not how faith works. I hope so is not faith. Some of you, I'm sure, but I would say, how are you doing? What's going on in your world? Well, I just sure hope something. Listen to me, that is not faith. That is just you hoping. They are void prayers, void words. God, I just hope something happens. That is not how you pray. Do you know actually that prayer begins with the answer, right? You don't start with a problem. You don't start with, you got, oh, I got cancer, or my liver's not working, or my husband's an idiot, or I got no finances. That's not how kingdom prayer works. Kingdom prayer starts with the answer. Everybody say, that's really good stuff, Pastor. <laughs> I've got some books and CDs and cassette tapes out of the back. There are eight tracks for those that are older than 90. Daughter, your faith is healed. You go in peace and be freed from your suffering. So what do we do? The first thing we do is we stay in faith. Nothing works in the kingdom without it. Contending has a battle component to it. Listen to me. Contending is a form of spiritual warfare. And you use your spiritual warfare, the, the primary use of, uh, of your weapon in spiritual warfare is your faith. Faith is the number one thing in the kingdom of God that pushes, uh, that moves mountains, that heals sick bodies, that causes things to shift and to change. And so we got to understand that we got to get to this place where we got to not just get to faith, we got to stay in faith. Why? Because we're contending. Say it again. Say, I'm contending. Say it again. Say, I'm contending. Right? So you, you got to this place of faith. You've come to the service this morning. And there's something rising up within you. There's an anointing here during the worship. There's an anointing on the Word of God. There's something that's starting to rise up on the inside of you. What is that? That's part of your spirit rising up. That's part of faith rising up. But how many know somebody can irritate you by the time you get to your car? Lose your salvation. It's the Baptist getting to Swiss Chalet before we get there. It's all right. I sent some text messages to get all the air out of their tires, so don't worry about it. And then I call, and I'm paying for CAA to fill them all back up. By the time they get filled back up again, we'll have our quarter chicken white with fries and Dexter Coke and sauce. Okay, sorry for those that are hungry this morning. I think the church has lost ground because we've been deceived into fighting a political fight, not a kingdom fight. We've been so distracted 
and so put off and so moved out of our center. Our center is what? Jesus. Our center is what? Faith in Jesus. Our center is people and the kingdom of God. And so when, when you belong to a kingdom of God, we don't have to, yes, there's political garbage going on. There's political situations on, but we are believers. Everybody say, I'm a believer. Say, I'm a believing believer. Yeah, you're a people of faith. You're a family of faith. You're a business of faith. You're a church of faith. And so you're, you're pressing in. You're contending by faith. You're going to pay off this church, not, by, not with just good stewardship, but by faith. You're going to add staff to this congregation, not just with good hiring processes. And yes, all those things are extremely important. You know, I don't know. Remember last time I was here, what's the only thing worse than a stupid Christian? You remember? It's two stupid Christians. We need to hire better, and we need to have processes for that. But listen to me. We're doing that by what? Faith. Faith in God. Faith in his word. Faith in what he's doing. Faith in what he said. Faith in what he's decreeing and declaring. So how do we contend? Number one, we do it by faith. Number two. Oh, no, let me hang on there for just a minute. I want to talk a little bit about toiling when it comes to faith. Toiling versus apathy. Toiling is not contending. Remember when toiling came into the earth in Genesis when Adam and Eve messed up? And it said, you know, you're going to toil now. The curse came into the earth. And what happened? We've been toiling ever since. Jesus comes along and he redeems us from toiling. But we're only redeemed from toiling as we enforce the goodness and the promises of God. Some people are still toiling, toiling, toiling as believers. You're born again. You're going to heaven. But you have not understood the concept of that you don't have to toil anymore. That you can walk in the fullness of the goodness of Almighty God. Walk in His favor. Walk in His grace. And you activate, activate most of that by using your faith. So toiling is not contending. And toiling is not faith. Toiling is a work of the flesh. So remember, I'm talking about contending. I'm about pressing in. Putting pressure on circumstances. Where toiling is a work of the flesh. Contending is a work of the spirit. Toiling is trying to push. Trying to make something happen. Toiling produces, watch this, it produces chaos. It produces exhaustion. It produces weariness. It produces burnout. Are you, um, are you, is it resonating a little bit with you this morning? It produces no clarity. Toiling is about hustle. I've talked to more business people, and they're telling me all the stories about business, and I love it, and I love praying with them, talking to them about business concepts and stuff going on. And every once in a while, I'll just stop them, and I'll say, where is God in your hustle? And they're like, What? I said, you heard me. And they're like, oh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I said, well, why don't you bring him into that? And maybe you need to stop the hustle, still work hard, still be absolutely diligent, but maybe bring God into your process. Maybe bring the work of the Holy Spirit into your process. So not getting weird. How many know there's a lot of weird Christians? How many know the only thing worse than a weird Christian is? You got it now. You're with me now. You're not going to remember much, but you'll remember that. Thank the Lord. Toiling is about hustle. Contending is about trust. God doesn't want us to work harder, toil more. He wants us to trust deeper. Bring that next verse up. Do you have another verse there for me? Psalm 112 says this. My heart is fixed. My heart is fixed. What? Trusting in the Lord. Man, there's nobody like in the kingdom of God like a believer whose heart is fixed. Fixed in the truth of God. 
fixed in the truth of his word, fixed in his promises, fixed in what he's saying, and fixed in what he's doing, what he wants to do in your life. Can I get an amen? Everybody say this with me. Say, I'm going to stay in faith. Number two, the second way to contend is this. We need to stay in peace. We need to stay in peace. The enemy will do whatever he can to get us out of our peace. Decisions being made without God's peace will bring trouble. Listen to this. If we're praying, if we're praying in fear, praying in doubt, contending in fear and doubt and unbelief, listen to me, we're not praying, we're not contending, we're worrying. And what did Jesus say about worrying? Do not worry about tomorrow. Can you add an inch to your life? Can you add another day to you? Can you fix problems in your life with worry? You cannot. Jesus would never tell us to not worry unless we cannot worry. We can't do it on our own. We can do it with him. But you need to understand if Jesus said not to worry, he will give us the strength not to worry. Come on, somebody. Some say, well, I just naturally worry. You need to change what your natural position is now. You don't need to go to worry first. You need to go to faith first. You need to go to peace first. Do you have something about the definition of their peace? I forget what the next slide is there. Can you bring it up? Yeah, the shalom of God, the peace of God. Listen to this. Hey, hi, Siri. Uh, the shalom of God, it destroys the authority that binds to chaos. What is it when the, with, the, with the Greek and Hebrew languages where they, they have a picture? What do they call the pictograph or picto something? There's a name for that. Anybody here smart enough to know that? Hey, go, no, go back, go back. Anyway, there's a, there's a, there's a picture in the, in the Greek uh, that shows, shows the shalom of God, and it destroys the authority that binds to chaos. See, when we're living in chaos, living in fear, living in worry, the enemy has an authority attached to that we've opened the door the Bible says do not give the devil a foothold and so when we use those things we actually position ourselves we posture ourselves for the enemy to come in we wonder why there's so much chaos in our lives is because you've tolerated it how many know what you tolerate you can never change and so the peace of God the shalom of God is meant to destroy the authority of chaos if you have tons and tons of chaos in your business, in your marriage, in your relationship, in your health, you know that you can release the shalom of God and it will break the power of that over your life. Remember when Jesus was in the boat and he was sleeping and there's a major storm out there on the waters, right? The boat's rocking and then finally the disciples said, we got to wake him up. This, this is chaos. This is going crazy. And what does Jesus do? He wakes up and what's he speak to the storm? He didn't say, can we gather the musicians together and sing kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya? Can we light a campfire and have a little fish here? And can we send out an email to all the prayer warriors? No! What's he do? He speaks peace! He releases shalom! He unlocks the power of shalom into the very elements of nature. Some people say, well, you can't talk to things. You can't? Did Jesus not speak to the fig tree? Did he not speak to the winds and the waves? And did they not listen? And are we not created in his image? We do things like he does them. Jesus said, you can do what I do. When you're contending, one of the powerful weapons that you have 
is to release the shalom of God over your situation and allow the Spirit of God to rush in, to step in, to do something that man could never do. What are we doing? We're contending. We're contending for a miracle. We're contending for a breakthrough. We're contending for salvation. We're contending for a business deal to come back to life. We're, we're, we're contending, uh, you know, maybe you're believing for a husband. Maybe you're believing for a husband that's got a six-pack. There's not many of us left. <laughs> but I'll tell you something. You be careful of the guy. You be careful of marrying somebody with a six-pack, but he's a complete idiot. You're going to get tired of doing the laundry on his apps. Okay, you're going to remember three things now I said today. <laughs> Only thing worse than a stupid Christian is two stupid Christians. What has God wanted to produce in your life, through your life? What unfinished business do you have in your life right now and God is saying, I want you to pick up the challenge of contending this morning. And to believe me of the possibility of what I could do in your circumstance, in your storm, in your lack of an answer, in your anxiety, in your stress, in your health situation. I don't know why over the years we've lowered the standard of what we believe for in the body of Christ. It needs to be bigger than. We not, need not to be believing for, well, this didn't work out, so we'll believe down here. No! Everybody say no. Okay, I need you to do something. Turn to your neighbor on the left and say, I'm working on something. Say, don't you dare bother me. Say, I'm trying to listen. Thank you. We stay in faith. We stay in peace. Folks, these are not profound, but they're very powerful. Listen to me. If your life has got complicated, if your business has got complicated, you need to simplify everything that you're doing. Do you know some of the largest corporations in the world, do you know what they do when they get, things get out of control? They go back to what they're good at. Are you hearing me this morning? You simply, Jesus, when Jesus came to the earth, you know what he did? He simplified everything. And you know what the church has done? We complicate everything. How, more, how much more complicated could we make things? That's not Jesus. Jesus simplifies it. We stay in faith. We stay in peace. And finally this morning, what do we do? We stay in step. Galatians 5.25 says this, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let me read it again. <clears throat> Galatians 5.25 says, says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Number one, here's, the, here's what you need to do. Number one, stay in your lane. Turn to the person on your right now and said, I think he's talking about you. 
How many know we just got to get real with the people beside us, right? Say it with me. Say, stay in your lane. Say it again. Say, stay in your lane. The ordered steps of the Lord are important, not due to religious regulations, but each step is loaded with God's purpose and provision. God's ordered steps. So watch this. God's ordered steps led the children of Israel out of Egypt. And where did he lead them? He lead, led them to an impassable sea. He led them to what looked like a death trap. And that's why they were worried. Don't, 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 you, don't you judge the children of Israel. You would have felt the same. My goodness, you've got an army. You know, you've got a toy water gun. They've got the tools, the weapons, the horses, the chariots. You've got a little bit of bread and a little bit, a few donkeys running around and stuff. I'm sorry, you shouldn't talk about your neighbor like that. But, yeah, but they, and, and so you're following the ordered steps of the Lord and you end up at a, what looks like a wall of destruction. Your life is over. But that's not what God was doing. It looked like it. It felt like it. Imagine the Instagram post of that. Here we are. at the. Here's Rob and I at the Red Sea. Rob's crying. Rob's saying, why did we ever leave, Al? I said, no, I don't know, Rob. It was your fault. They're, they're at this crazy place who led them there does God know what he's doing he knows what he's doing why he had a miracle on his mind he wasn't just wanting them to get across the sea he was wanting them to have a sea parted he was wanting them to cross over on dry ground. He was wanting them to have the biggest baptismal service ever. He was wanting them to get the mindset of Egypt for 430 years of slavery, of oppression. And he was wanting to baptize that out of their minds, out of their lives, out of their spirit. And one of the ways he wanted to do it was by parting the sea and crossing over on dry land. And then seeing the enemy destroyed in the same sea that God parted for them to be saved. And I I would say to you today that God wants you to stay in faith. He wants you to stay in peace. And he wants you to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. And you stay true to the word of the Lord over your life. You stay true to his instructions. You stay true to the ordered steps of the things he's called you to do. Because he's about to part the sea for you in Jesus' name. Where's my keyboardist? Oh, there she is. If she's coming up here, it means nothing to me. It's supposed to mean, so for those that don't know, it's one of the little tricks in the ministry. I'm supposed to look for the keyboardist, nod my head. You guys don't know what's going on because we're too cool. And it's like, how did he, how did she know just to go up there? So I just eliminate all this. Say, come on up here, just get up here, right? So number one, when it comes to staying a step, you need to stay in your lane. Number two, stay the course. Everybody say that. Say, stay the course. I will not be moved. I will not be moved. I will not get pushed off of what God wants to do in my life. I will not be moved by the promises spoken over this church, 
spoken over the dreams and the future of this house. I will not be moved. And I will contend. I will stay in faith. I will stay in peace. I hope you're starting to understand how powerful the shalom of God is. It's so powerful. And I will stay in step. I'm not going to live my life and just wander all over the place. Do you know the order steps are so important? Do you know that they're important for you because God has already been to where those ordered steps are for you? And if you wander way over here and way over there and doing your own thing, he set up miracles, he set up relationships, he set up divine uh, provision for you in those ordered steps. He was there before you ever thought of going there. And he just needs you to just carry on with that. Will you say it with me? Say, I'm contending. Say it again. Say, I'm contending. Have you ever prayed for somebody and it got worse? I have. But we contend. Well, when do I stop praying? You stop praying when you don't have to. And you know that no matter how big the miracles are with God in your life, you know that you'll always have to use your faith. You're not looking for one breakthrough to so that you can coast. You're looking for that next breakthrough, the next answer, because God has something beyond that. He's never stopping the work in our lives. And church, I call you to a, a contend this morning. I call you to that place where you'll see and experience the goodness of God. There's a, there's a passage of scripture, uh, an unlimited God. Can you bring that one up for me? I want to just close with this. <clears throat> nope, one before that. Yeah. Psalm 78, 41 says this. Again and again, they limited God, preventing him from blessing them. Us, we, can put limits on an unlimited God. And can I encourage you today to lift those limits off? Can I encourage you today that maybe what you were believing for maybe a long time ago and you've just been so beat up and it just hasn't come to fruition? Can I challenge you today to revisit that again? You ask the Holy Spirit, am I to get back on the horse? Am I going to get back and contending? for the fulfillment of this promise. Yeah, now you can go to that last verse. I love this verse. I use it lots. Job 5.9 says this. He performs wonders that cannot be counted. Sorry, cannot be fathomed. Cannot be fathomed means I, can't, I, don't, I don't understand. I, I can hardly fathom that. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed. Miracles that cannot be counted. That's the unlimited God. That's the unlimited God working in your life in your family, in your situation, in your business, working in your bad news, in your 12 years of a disease, in your praise for something to manifest and it got worse. 
What did the Lord say to us publicly today? The fever is broken. Whew. The fever's broken. The healing is here. The transformation is here. The bigness of God is here. What could it look like by the end of 2023? Whew. How could your upside-down world be made upside right? And say, man, I went into 23, messed up. I came into 23, I was one of them stupid Christians Al talked about. And look what God has done. The unlimited grace. The unlimited mercy. The unlimited miraculous. Whew. Thank you, Father. Would you stand all over this auditorium this morning? It is 11.57. Am I supposed to be done at 12 or before 12? <clears throat> Let's Siri talk to me again. Jess said for every minute I'm over, she takes $100 off the honorarium. <laughs> so I actually owe her money. <laughs> so any church I travel to I actually leave it actually cost me more money to come here because I just she says you need to be done by then and I say I, yeah I go like this yeah <laughs> and I'm not going to ask you to do one more thing now if you're uncomfortable with it it's okay but if you're okay with it would you just lift both hands up all over this building just lift them up to the Lord. That's it. Come on, just open up your heart now. Your hands lifted are, is a sign of surrender. It's a sign of surrender saying, God, I am ready and willing to receive all that you want to do in my life. I am ready to step up the contending. I am ready to walk out the fullness of the days, weeks, and months that lie ahead of us. Come on, come on, just press in just a little bit. We're just about done here. Come on, stay with me, stay with me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yeah, God. Yeah, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the breakthroughs that are happening right now. Thank you for the answers to prayer that are happening right now in this room. Thank you that this church is a church of the miraculous. Thank you that this church is a church of the old one and true God. Thank you that there's nothing impossible with God, with you, God. And it's happening here this morning. I declare minds clear again. I feel to speak that. I declare minds clear. Clear, 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 clear. I declare you're going to see such clarity in Jesus' name. Whew, thank you, Father. 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 You need to get ready. The interference, the static, the static and the interference of the waves of being able to receive, of being able to be in a Bluetooth mode with God, He's going to clarify the airwaves. And he's going to remove the static, and he's going to remove the interference. And you're going to see way more clearly, and hear more clearly, and you'll hear the sound of the Lord. You'll hear the words of the Lord, and you'll hear the sound of the Lord. 
You'll actually hear heaven in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. But the static and the interference is lifting off your life now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Whew. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Man, some of you still got your hands up. Would you lift them one more time? Pastor Dave or Pastor Jess, come on up here. I'm done. If you don't come, I'll stay for another week. Thank you, Father. Come on, just get them up just a little bit more. Let the anointing touch down in your world. Let the anointing that breaks yokes and removes burdens touch you right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hungry people. Hungry people. So, God, we're praying that you would give us eyes to see what you're showing us. Jesus, I pray that you would help us to see things that we have never seen before. I pray that you would give us courage to walk in ways we have never walked before. God, I pray that you would bring strength. You'd strengthen the legs of your children today. Strengthen our knees that are weary and weak. And God, I pray that you would then give us courage to be faithful and obedient to you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said amen. Listen, you might be here today and maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. We want to invite you today to say yes to Jesus. And listen, what's amazing about our God is that he doesn't make us jump through like 55 hoops to say yes to him. All we have to do is say yes, yes, Jesus, to proverbially, proverbially put our hand in his hand and say yes to him. I, I want to encourage you today, if you've never said yes to Jesus, if you've never said, Jesus, I am in need of a savior. Maybe you said that prayer a long time ago and you barely can remember it. I want to encourage you today to say yes to Jesus because you're never going to live a better life. There's, Jesus said he came to give us life and life more abundantly. And so God, we, we just, I, I, you know, just in this place, I, I just think it's appropriate. Every week we come and we just re double down. Jesus, I'm saying yes to you again. I, I, I don't know what kind of a week you had last week, but I'm saying yes to Jesus this Sunday. I, I'm saying yes to him when I get up on Monday morning. God, give us courage today. I pray that you'd be growing us, transforming us, and making us more into people who look like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today on Journey Church Podcast. For more information about our ministry, visit myjourney.church.